So when I was going to school in Norway as a child, the Norwegian government passed a law dictating that all children had to take not one, but two foreign languages starting in the second grade. I guess they figured that you're probably not going to get very far speaking only Norwegian, which I think only like five million people on the planet speak. Um, at the time, I thought this was complete BS, because this you know, meant more homework, more classes, and English teachers I really didn't like. Um, but it did, however, pay off, because when I got to high school and all you know, my other peers here in the US were finally you know, starting to learn or think about another foreign language, you know, I already had a heads up. I already spoke you know, a few other languages. Um, so while most of my friends you know, you know, took a Spanish class so that they could order Taco Bell more eloquently, <laughs> or, uh, or took French so that they could whisper you know, sweet nothings into their lover's ears, I stuck with German, because I knew that you know, since I already speak it a little bit, you know, I'll be able to just slide through this class. Sorry, this will just be wonderful. It'll be easy. And you know what? It really was. Freshman year, never did any homework, never studied for any tests, got an A, passed the class, not a problem. I even dated my German teacher's foreign exchange student. It was awesome. <laughs> and uh, in sophomore year, same thing. Never did any homework, never studied for any tests, passed the class. Junior year, I'm expecting more of the same. First semester, no homework, no problem, get an A. Second semester, shit, I got it. And this, of course, meant that I'd be held back a year. So now, as a senior, I'd have to be in like the junior German class, and I'd lose all the friends that you know, I'd been with for three years. And I thought this was just going to be the worst situation ever. But you know what? It actually turned out to be pretty good. Because in this you know, lower German class that I was now in, there was a girl. Mm. And her name was Helen. And I thought she was the most laid-back, most awesome, most relaxed, cool girl in the entire high school. And this, was, this worked out really well for me, because now I had a reason to apply myself in German. She was really into German, so I then became really into German. And like became like a stickler about the Der Dia Das and like the, the many different you know, Germanic uh, you know, grammar things that there is in German. You know, 16 ways to say the. Um, <laughs> and so it was great. You know, by the end of the year, you know, we went to prom together, and it was fantastic. And our relationship culminated in one fantastic, magical kiss in Multnomah Village as I was dropping around for the car one night. Unfortunately, the very next day, I got on a plane and then flew 7,000 miles back to Norway. And I realized, oh shit, I should have done more while I was in Portland. That was kind of a downer. But, um, but you know, I finished out my gap year, you know, and uh, I had a great time and I came back the next summer, you know, uh, smarter, you know, more handsome, you know, a college man. And uh, I found out that, you know, she too, after graduating high school, had become smarter and more handsome, you know, it was wonderful. <laughs> um, and so we have this other, you know, fantastic, amazing summer together, and she tells me that she's decided to do a gap year, and she's going to go to, to Frankfurt, Germany for a year and do like a, an exchange student program there too. And this is just fantastic. So we share another amazing, like fantastic summer, and it ends in another amazing, magical kisses, again, in, in my grandfather's driveway as I'm dropping her off at her car. And then the next day she gets on a plane and flies to Frankfurt. Oh, God, it just, it like never perfectly lines up. And the entire summer I was battling this question too, like where should I go to school? I could either go to the University of Oregon in Eugene and study architecture, or I could go to this sort of prestigious, you know, graphic design communication school in Oslo. And I decided to go to Oslo, because I figured, you know, if Helen and I are at least on the same continent, you know, that side of the pond, you know, maybe something could, you know, transpire. And maybe something, I was really optimistic. I thought this would be good. Um, and so it sort of worked, you know, we're, we're both living in Europe now, and we're talking on Skype, and we're calling each other, and everything's working out. And we, we plan this, what is supposed to be the most amazing, magical European adventure ever. I will go down to Germany um, and visit her for a week and meet her, you know, host family and go to her school and whatnot. She'll come up to Oslo for a week. And we'll sort of, you know, see each other's lives for a week each. And it'll be 
two whole weeks of nothing but me and Helen together. And I am so stoked, but I'm also really poor. Um, so, <laughs> so I have to buy these super ghetto airline tickets with Ryanair. I don't know if anyone's ever traveled with Ryanair. They don't take you from where you want to go to where you want to go. They take you from somewhere near where you want to go to also a place in the same country, at least. Hopefully. <laughs> so instead of going to Frankfurt, they drop me off in Dusseldorf, and I have to like, hitchhike three hours down to Frankfurt. And I woke, like the next morning, I'm out there sticking my thumb out, and I'm asking all these people, you know, well, it's the autobahn. How, how do I get to the, you know, the highway? And nobody fucking knows where the highway is. <laughs> the A1 autobahn. The A, the first letter of the alphabet, one. The first letter, like, the, it's, the, it's the I-5 of Germany. You should be able to get there. Um, and nobody knew. So I spent like three hours walking around Dusseldorf, and I finally got, you know, you know, six hours later, I actually make it to Frankfurt. And I knock on her door, and I, it's fantastic. I meet her host fam. His name is Norbert, and he drives a BMW 7 Series. And he owns an antiquariat, which is like an antique bookstore. And the mom's name is Shu, and she teaches Chinese to school children. And she's got a little host brother who likes Legos, and I like Legos! <laughs> it's just the best. Um, and so I'm meeting all her friends, and it's really cool, but something isn't like quite right between Helen and I. Like, there's, there's not quite the same like spiff that there was back in Portland. And it isn't until day four before she finally tells me that she sort of has like a German boyfriend called Felix. Oh, isn't that a downer? And I was so excited. I've spent all my money on this airline. And, and then she sort of tells me that, you know, nothing can happen here because I've got this Felix guy. And I'm just uber bummed. But we, we continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, that German came in handy. Um, but so we continue on like our, our European adventure, and she comes up to Oslo, and I'm a fantastic tour guide, and I show her all that Oslo has to offer. We go to Vigelandsparken, and we go to Vordhuse, Aachenbrigge, and we go to all these amazing places. I'm sure you're all very familiar. And then I've planned this really well so that um, my birthday is on October 10th, and my best friend in Norway's birthday is, is on October 11th. So there's just two-day birthday extravaganza happening in Trondheim, and she gets to be there for it. So we hop in a car, and we drive all the way up to Trondheim, and we go to this really awesome party with all my friends from the previous year in Norway, and everyone's there, and it's like a big welcome, and I haven't seen these people in like six months. It's awesome. And, um, but she doesn't, you know, she doesn't speak any Norwegian, so she's having a really hard time talking to anyone, so I have to start a nanny here until she meets my friend Peter Dissington, who speaks really good English. So they start talking, then she's a part of the party, and it's fantastic. And we're having a really good time, and then it comes, you know, towards the end of the night, and it becomes apparent to me that she's planning to go home with Peter. <laughs> what the f what? Uh, and that just really bummed me out. I was so sad. I didn't even know what to say. Like I was just crushed here. Like if you can't be with me because you're going to be with Felix, but you're going to go home with Peter, if you're going to cheat on your German boyfriend with a Norwegian, it should be this Norwegian and not that Norwegian. <laughs> And then she asked me if I can come like pick her up the next day at Peter's house. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Just what is oh god. And so like I go home and I go pick her up and that's really awkward. And then we drive back down to Oslo. She spends one more night in my apartment and then she like gets on a flight back to Germany. What? That sucked. So this epic journey that I spent all my money and like planning and hoping and dreaming of for like six months now, just right down the toilet, just really poopy. Just ah. Um, <laughs> And I, you know, I finish up my year and then come back to Portland. Um, but for some reason, against all odds, you know, she's, she's done all this shit. A lot of people would have just left her in China. And they would have said, oh, you fucked up. I mean, 
Yeah, your own back, your way back, you know, to Frankfurt. Um, but you know, I, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I still felt like something needed to be done, like one last chance, because we never really had it all right. So I give her a call, you know, she's in Portland, I'm in Portland, and I plan this really, really epic beach trip that we're gonna do to like rekindle everything. And this is gonna go well, I plan this out, because I know the most beautiful place on the West Coast is a place called Cascade Head, just north of uh, Lincoln City and south of Nesquin, and it's this beautiful peninsula that shoots out into the, um, into the ocean, you can go out there and, and you can see the curvature of the earth and you can see all the little like dips and pivots in the coast and that far down, you know, past Lincoln City, the meth capital of Oregon. Like, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And if you're up there at night, you can see like the, the cargo ships twinkling on the horizon as they carry our shit up and down the coast. It's beautiful. <laughs> And, and I, go to, I go to pick her up, and like we have this amazing time driving down to the coast. And like we rekindle, and we're talking, and we're like reconnecting over what we haven't you know, been sharing with each other over the last couple months, and it's fantastic. And we get there, and like I said, I prepared from, from back at home. So I've got this backpack, and it has a camel pack, so we've got water to sustain our, our hike up to the top of this hill. And I've brought like a little, a little spade, a little shovel, and uh, I brought my phone, I've got like a little notebook, you know, I've got everything I need. I've got a, uh, an Altoids tin and two condoms. I'm good. I'm prepared. I know what's going down. Um, and so, you know, we climb up this beautiful hill. We get to the very tip of the peninsula, and we're out there looking over this beautiful area, and it's just the two of us, and it's fantastic. And I sit down, and I offer her a mint, and she takes a mint, and I take a mint. And, you know, then I pull out a condom, and I look at her, and she looks at me, and her eyes get really big. <laughs> what is going on? And then I pull out my notebook, and I say, look, Helen, here, this is what we're going to do. I want you to, you know, pick a page, and I want you to write down one long-term something you want to accomplish in the next 10 years, right? And I want you to write it down on this piece of paper, and I'll do the same, and so we write, you know, our little things down. And then I take the Altoids tin out again, and I dump them, all the Altoids on the ground, and we take our notes, we put them inside the Altoids tin, we close it up, I don't know what she's written, she doesn't know what I've written, and um, I take out the condoms, and I put the Altoids tin in the condoms, and then I go over to a tree, and I, you know, dig a little hole under the tree, and then I put the tin in, in the ground under that tree, and I get my phone, and I geotag it, so I know, I know where it is. Um, it's good, it's good, I'm on top of this, I plan. Um, and then I tell her, look, so what happens is, as either one of us accomplishes this long-term 10-year goal that we want to happen to us, we have to call each other up, we're gonna go back to the coast, we have to like hike all the way up here, dig this thing out, and then we'll read to each other what happened, like what, you know, what was our goal. And this is what's been really gnawing me up, because I know exactly what I wrote on that little piece of paper in that Altoids box in the Cascade Head. I know exactly what I want. But I have no idea what she wrote.